that's uh, all right. Um, if you have your Bibles, I wanted you to look at uh, something because I've I've uh, I've made this statement regarding. The, the, the major thing in your life, in my life, is that we offer. And, and yet, we all know that as we're uh, walking before the Lord during the day, there's encounters with people, there's thinking, there's evaluation, opinions. Oh, do we have opinions. Anybody without any opinion, would you come up and bless me? We do, and, and it's okay. But, uh, you know, I, I think I may have said this, I, I, and it bears repeating. Uh, you, um, before it's over, and, and we don't know when uh, any of us are going to be finalized and resurrected. It's a mystery. And uh, I keep saying that there's some of you here, if you offer in a faithful way and are consistent, and I believe this, that you, you can move as fast as you want, as you are trusting God, because he's very interested in your maturity, far more than we have been. Could you think that might be true? Because we didn't know really what he wanted. You know, we thought he needed us, and uh, we didn't see the degree to which we needed him. But here, I want to read something to you in terms of, if you think, well, I've done all I know to do today. I, uh, I offered myself, and, and that's plenty. Believe me. If, if you are faithful to give yourself to God, and whatever you have for me, Lord, uh, I want today. And it may be something coming at you, or judgment, or whatever. Or it may be that he wants you to launch, and he usually makes that clear, don't you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like uh, people get on your mind and you think about them and you say, well, why have I been thinking of uh, Minerva that long? I, I hardly know Minerva. Uh, in fact, I don't know any Minerva. That's just <laughs> But I want to read this to you in terms of what was said to the church in Thessalonica. And, and it's, uh, it's comprehensive, and uh, it's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we'll start with uh, verse 14. Uh, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them, that's one, that are unruly, uh, and I, I've talked to uh, some of the little ones, and I've warned them that they, uh, they could, uh, you know, break a leg or an arm or something, and uh, with the speed that they're going, I've done that. I've done, I've comforted some of them. And it says, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded. And I, I've had time with me and done what I've done to comfort me when I, because I have... We, we all get there sometimes. And then it says, support the weak. Be patient toward all men. 
See that none render evil for evil unto any man. That got me because I couldn't help but thinking someone need, that someone really need to get it at this time. In this hour across the world, I've got to say, God, please, I am not in that rank. I cannot do this. It's very clear that I'm out of order with him. Okay. Uh, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourself and among all men. So the strenuous fire of God cleansing you is there in the word, and he'll back it up if you'll trust him. And did you hear that, Bill? Yes, I'm listening. And it says... Pray, well, it said, no, it says, rejoice evermore. And I, I know I need that. I've gotten up some days and can't move very well and see the day, and I'm just not rejoicing. No. Uh, I know uh, John Henson used to say, uh, what was one of his favorite sayings? What? Yeah, yeah, and, and he, he, he had that, that ilk. I've seen him when, you know, he was in struggles, but, but he, he tried to live by that. And that's a, that's a, a suggestion from God. I think it's a good one. God's suggestions are more powerful than any of your friends, even your mother, no matter how strong she happened to be. Uh, and it, pray without ceasing, and could you use a little more prayer time? I think the most, one of the most significant things about our interaction with God is listening, talking to Him, and I would say it's, uh, it's a great, great name. Okay. Uh, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, I have to say, uh, there's, uh, there's some things there that I need work in. Quench not the spirit. We could discuss that sometime, not now. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. And I think the, the proving would be, uh, Lord, I've proven this week that I, I've offered and I've offered. Uh, thank you. And there's been good things that happen. I keep saying this, and I know it's true, because occasionally God will let us swim in deeper water than we've ever seen. He just will. And it's not necessarily, it's parenthetical, it's not a long time. But he, he does help us in that. I think that's the thing sometimes we miss. He will draw you unto the deep if you're, if you're responsible as far as that's concerned. And it's, it says, abstain from all appearance of evil, any appearance. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you. Also, say it with me. And be careful about being a doer without God's energy or direction. Uh, you heard me say it, don't go out and try to be a good guy or a good girl. Uh, you know, it, there are times when you need to drop theater. And that doesn't mean you're not mannerly or crude, but you can be very open about the difficulty uh, that you're struggling in. And then he said, and he asked for prayer. And then, and then he says, greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And I was, I was laughing about that when I was talking to Mark the other day, because his brother used to come up and put his arms around me. He, I just gotten in, and I was sitting in the chair uh, on uh, on my computer. Turn around, and he'd come in, and he he'd uh, he'd put his arms around me, put his face next to mine, and he gave me a holy kiss. He said, "Love you, Bill." And uh, <laughs> he's, and I knew that he, that he didn't, uh, that he was very much affectionate toward girls only. But he also knew how to express that, and it meant a lot. I think of that sometimes when I go under his wires and I hear the, uh, the, the machinery and, and all the work that man did. And, he, and then he says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Holy brethren, I read it. I'm, I didn't read the whole thing, but some night we ought to come in and read all of Thessalonica, of, 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 of this word. Because would you say he gave you a few things to do there? Well, I'm, I'm, Whoever has the word tonight, forgive me, I cut in on your time. But uh, there's so much that the Holy Spirit is doing in, through, and for you, mm -hmm. and for me. God help us to appreciate that and realize you have a Heavenly Father that's not going to leave you alone. He's going to go after you in spite of your, your stubbornness and spite of you know, in spite of the delay or would you, would you go for somebody else? No, he's going to work on us. Aren't you glad he doesn't leave you alone? Not really glad. Okay, well, Father be with us. Let's, let's praise the Lord.
hope to have some good news for you tonight. Anybody ready for good news? first step towards good news is just being obedient, so I'm here being obedient. That's the first bit of good news. Second bit of good news is that I'm thankful the Lord is with us tonight, aren't you? I don't know how He does it, but uh, there is never a lack on His part for help. It's always on my part if I don't, if I don't find it, and it is... It is available as it was tonight. I was blessed by the worship tonight. So the good news is, it comes with a question. The question is this, have you felt like you're being processed by the Lord? Maybe it feels like a meat grinder process, but have you felt like you're being processed by the Lord? Because if you are, if you're engaging with the Lord, that's the best place you can be in. And that is what I want to encourage us with tonight is that the Lord is in the process. The purpose of the Lord in the process is to transform us. And I am too often looking for getting to somewhere or getting to something or getting through something. And I found over the last, uh, last few weeks something that I wasn't happy with in myself, just a lack of peace. I think uh, David and Brother Bill were talking about peace recently. And I've just been pondering this. What? What is the lack of peace in my life? Just an anxiety, just an anxiousness for things to be different. What is, what is the anxiety in my heart? And I really, um, in going to the Lord about it, it became very evident two things. One was things weren't going my way. And the second thing was I was trying to fix them. Those are not great things to do when you find yourself being processed by the Lord. The only way through the process is to yield to the process. You don't want to miss what the Lord has for you in the process. And if you look through the word and you look through your life, you find out that you're going to be going through stuff one way or the other. You're going to be going through stuff. I really want to get the blessing of what I'm going through. It is worth taking time to find what is the Lord doing with me in the process that he has me in. And that kind of became my prayer the last few weeks. Lord, what is the anxiety in my soul? You know what it is? I'm, I'm fighting against the process that you have going on in my life. What it is, is I am, I am holding harder and harder to a set of reins, trying to steer this horse, down the trail that I wanted to go down. You know, I mean, I just, just about like Balaam, I'm just going to beat this thing harder and harder because eventually I can get this donkey to go the way I want it to go. And it's like, you finally realize, you know why there's no peace in my life? Because I'm actually working against the Lord. Am I, 
I don't think of myself as a guy working against the Lord. But you know what I think? I want to control things. Anybody here like to control things? Man. I like planners. I like neat people. But boy. I like to know how things are going and be in control of how they're going. And you know what? If I'm actually in God's hands, that is not that is not a great thing. Because the purpose of God's process is to transform us. And you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that we're dealing with a God that is not going to remove us from the process ever until we come to the place where we have really been transformed into the likeness of Christ where he's taking us. That seems like, wow, so far out there. I feel so far from the likeness of Christ. But you know what? That's where God intends to take us. It's better to wrap your head around where he plans to take you sooner than later. I mean, you know, Saul, Saul, is it hard to kick against the pricks? You know what? It is hard. You know what you find kicking against the pricks of, of God's process in your life? No peace. There's no peace. I don't like to go week after week without peace in my life. I want peace in the borders of my gates. I want and there is no peace without yielding to the process of God. I want to look at two things. If you listen to what David had to say on Saturday and you really got it, then you can just go back to planning the rest of your week. Because I was in Job and he came here and he started in Job and I said, wow, Lord, I need to hear this. We're going to take a look at Job. Turn to Job 1. I have a blessing for you. May the rest of your year be as the years of Job. No, I don't know. When you think about Job, <laughs> is there a different way to get this done? I don't know. You know, Job, Job started out really not too bad. I mean, I know we know this, but I just want to read. I want to read to you. Job was really... Job was doing good until Satan came along and he said, Hey, have you thought about Job? Is that how it went? You know what happened? The Lord said, Hey, hey, buddy. You know, and it wasn't like his cousin Fred. It was Satan. Have you thought about Job recently? I mean, I just want to tell you how the story goes. This, you got you to gotta think about how the Lord works. It is not how we work at all. It really seems unfair how we take off into Job here. We're just going to read a little bit of it. I mean, amazing. Job 1, there was a man in the, in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. He sounds like a guy that's got a long way to go. What? You know, this is, this is how the testimony of Job starts. I mean, Job is busy doing some good things. Job is not just twiddling his thumbs. I just want you to know that the Lord, every one of us has to go through the process to get us where he wants to take us. You don't want to miss the process. Reading verse 1, it seems to me that Job doesn't have a lot to be done with his life. That is not what the Lord thought. I mean, this is just... There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was 7,000 sheep... 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 
500 she asses, a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men in the East. I mean, the stage that has been presented in three verses is a serious stage about the man, Job. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone in his day, and sent and called for their sisters and eat and drink with them. And it was so when their days of fasting, feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. You know, I know a lot of us have served faithfully in corporate life a long time and made it to a lot of breakfasts on time. I'm sorry, guys, but nobody has got a record like Job for just doing it right. I mean, if you could get it done doing it right like that, Job should have been right there, ready to just fly into holiness. You know what I mean? I just want you to think about that because a yielded heart, a yielded heart is so much more important than how organized everything is and how good we are at getting it done. It just, it just is. And the Lord cares a lot about Job. It seems, we're not going to read it all. He picks on him quite a bit, but it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came among them. He's got to ruin it every time. I don't know. And the Lord, of course, strikes up a conversation. Says, hey, buddy, where do you come from? <laughs> this is just the most interesting dialogue here. Hey, you know, I've been walking to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Okay. So the Lord says, hey, yeah, so... Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered that there is none like him in the whole earth? He's perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God. This is, this is the God giving a dictation of, this isn't like, you know, Frank Sinatra saying what they think about him. God's telling Satan, you know, have you considered this guy? Satan's like, well, yeah, does he not fear you for naught? Has you, have you not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and the substance of his increased in the land. Put forth your hand and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. The process that Job is about to get into is absolutely what Job needs to be transformed to the, the man, to the place that God wants him to go to. It seems completely out of control. You can't read this. There's no Hollywood saga that can measure up to the, you know, this, this actually happening. I mean, it just... There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating, and there came a messenger, and oxen were plowing, and, you know, the Sabians fell upon them and took them away and slain thy servants. You know, one by one, only one guy is left to bring bad news. We have a little joke at the office. We're accepting nothing but good news today on certain days when, it, like, every job has bad news. Like, one by one, Job's entire world is just taken down by Satan. All because the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? Does the Lord care about Job? Yeah, is he about to prove Job? Yeah, does it seem completely unfair? Yeah, it seems completely unfair. No one has had anything this unfair happen to them in a single day here in this room. If you have, come share with me some tough things. But Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. I mean, Job... Job has a bit of a relationship with the Lord starting out here. This is not what you and me would say after a day like today. We would say that was not a good day at the office. We would say a lot of things. God's process. 
I've offered the Lord a lot of opinions about how I think the process is going. I don't know. I don't know that he's waiting for him, but I just offer him up to him. I've got a lot to say about what he's doing with me. You know, I, yeah, it's generous. I know. I feel like he could use some of my thoughts. I don't know. You know, amazing. I found myself having gone through nothing quite so extreme. And I'm not found saying the Lord gave and the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm saying I don't want a Tuesday like that ever again. You know, something. It's, you know, what the heck is going on? You know? What is going on with the boats or the job or the weather? I mean, I think I complain about a lot less things than this. You know what I mean? Like, it can be little things. Like even people leaving the bag of chips open at the office. You know, I just, I don't know. It doesn't, you know, I got little ways to get the job. I'm just saying. It's just a little, there's a bit of ways to go. And then Josiah told me the other day, he's kind of like the Lord working on Job. Because he said, i got to tell you, for a couple weeks... I went and opened the bag of chips just to see if you'd have a reaction. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm dealing with in the office. I just want to let you know. Josiah is an accountant, so he's pretty good. I do not have OCD. Don't ask my wife. Um, I do not organize the shoes in my coat room every night. Um, corporate life is such a great place for OCD. I don't know. Just, you know. You have to be aware that if the Lord cares about taking you where you are to go, if there's going to be a transformation in your life, you must be processed. There isn't a way around the process. And the process has nothing to do with what we feel is right or wrong. That is just, it, we have to come to terms with that. This is why we talk about offering. It's just, Lord, today... Help me to yield myself to what you're going to take me through. I don't know a better way to say it, a different way to say it. But you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to be in the middle of the process, missing the blessing of the process. My gosh, I want to get the blessing of the process. I don't. Job spends a lot of verses going forward justifying where he thought he was at. You know, we're going to read a couple of those things. But I mean, man, he said a lot of things. And you know what? I can understand a lot of those things. You know, it's, this is insane. This is totally insane. I didn't make this up. This really happened to a guy named Job, right? I mean, this is not a movie. It, it, this really happened. And I mean, did it have to happen? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, obviously it did. What do I need? I obviously need exactly what the Lord has taken me through. And I've kind of proven that because if I didn't need it, I would have learned what I needed to know. You know, like it's again, it's not on God's part that I'm not further along. It's on my part that I haven't given enough of my intention to say, Lord, I don't want to miss what you're doing with me right now. I don't want to waste what I'm going through right now. I've got a lot of things to say about what I'm going through. I've got a lot of questions for the Lord, even more questions about what other people are going through. We're out hunting, you know, and, and had a, a really great time together. Um, and, and we're out there with Rowan. And Rowan, you know, she wakes up facing pain most mornings and, you know, out in the cold, you know, sleep bag. And I'm just thinking, you know, is it necessary? You know, you've got to be careful about the questions you ask of the Lord. It's good to ask the Lord to help you to know how to think about something. But, you know, I find myself... Asking a question that isn't just like, Lord, I want to know. It's like, Lord, I think this is stupid. Here's what I think about it. Because it seems ridiculous to me. And it's, 
You might as well be honest with the Lord, but you might as well engage to say, Lord, help me to understand what you're doing. You know what it says about the Israelites after 40 years? They went through all, every one of them still had to go through all that stuff. It wasn't like any of them had a better time than anybody else. And their carcasses fell in the wilderness because they didn't understand his ways. That's what it says. It says they hardened their hearts and they didn't understand their ways. Two people out of millions got a little bit of an understanding that the Lord was actually working with them. Those are not great odds. All of us in this room have an opportunity, each of us, to have an understanding of why. That's so great. There's so much suffering going on in the world. Open any, any channel of news on any given day. Nine out of 10 things are all gonna be bad news because that's better. Suffering is worldwide. It's all over the place. How many of those people understand why they're suffering? Suffering is a part of life. Crazy things happen. You see accidents happen that weren't anybody's fault. What in the world, you know, just things happen. But the Lord uses every single, th there isn't a wasted moment in the economy of God for the process that he has us in. He's after a transformation. There's a purpose. Don't miss the blessing of the process. It has purpose. God isn't just running Job through a torture session just to kind of see how he does and to show us that you... No. God is after Job's heart because he needs to get something really important. Somehow Job is a man that's making offerings for the sins of his children that they might do. That's kind of, that's kind of going the extra mile. That's kind of being serious. Just in case they... I mean, I've had those thoughts. Lord, okay. I know they might, you know, please. I, you know, making offerings for what your kids might do. That's a committed man. Job is not just a wayfaring wanderer. No, the Lord is working with him. The Lord's working with him in the blessing, and the Lord's working with him, you know. He leaves his wife around. That's helpful to give him some encouraging news. Turn to chapter 29. Because <clears throat> what we have as a... Thankfully, in this testimony, as we have the end of this book, and we are going to read the end of this book. I told you we're going to read some good news. But I found myself in very insignificant, comparably, ways. You know, you, you have to go to the Lord to say, Lord, what and why? Why is there no peace in my soul? What is going on? Because the Lord has orchestrated the thing that has brought a lack of peace in my heart. I'm thankful that the Lord cares enough to bring the chaos. I don't like chaos at all. And I'm thankful that the Lord, in His mercy, brings the right kind of chaos to awaken me to be engaged with what He is doing. You've got to come to terms with that. That if the Lord is messing with you, the Lord is working with you in the process. That's a good thing. Because a lot of people are not aware of what God is after. Running through life, doing hard work, making as much money as they can, you know, hating all the stops in life. But there are a few, and though we are a part of that people that are aware that those things are ordered of God, and, and we want to get what the Lord has in them. Job's in the middle of suffering, and he says, I mean, we can identify with this. Oh, that I were as in times past, and months past, as in the days when God preserved me. Because Job is... Job is not feeling the help of the Lord right now. Lord, where are you? Right? We find ourselves saying that. Lord, 
have you forsaken me? Because this week feels like you're not helping. <laughs> when, he, when his candle shined upon my head, I just, you know, this is what Job is remembering of how close the Lord was to him as he felt it. When by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. I mean, Job was like, what has happened to the days when God was giving me help? What has happened? Because back in those good times, the Lord was working with me. Now, what is going on? I'm lost. When I went out to the gate through the city and I prepared my seat in the street, the young men saw me and hid themselves. The aged arose and stood up. The princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. The nobles held their peace and their tongue cleaved the roof of their mouth. When the ear heard me and blessed me, when the eye saw me and gave witness, because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had not helped, the blessing of him that was ready to perish came to me and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe. I was eyes to the blind, feet to the deaf. I mean, Job was looking at, a, founding himself in a place where he doesn't feel the help of the Lord. And the fact of the matter is, is that God is working with Job right now more than he was before. God, is, God knows right where Job is at. And he sends Elihu along, thankfully, to speak into Job's life. And Elihu speaks the truth. Don't dismiss the agony of the process that you're in for God's lack of involvement in your life. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if, if we could extract ourselves from our view and look down upon ourselves at those times when things seem the lowest, we would realize that God is actually the closest to us in those times. God is, God is process. This, what, this is what God is. This is why John Cheever says, Christ, the, the meaning of that is change. God has to bring forth change in our life to get us to a transformation. If the Lord wasn't disrupting my life in the way that I'd like it to go with chaos, I, well, you know what happened? There would not be brought forth in my life the transformation that is required for me to be made like Him. I want to sign up to say, okay, Lord, I hate it, but I want to love it some more. I, I'm going to be honest, but I want to have an understanding of the process you have me in. I don't want to be just stumbling in the dark. Turn to the end of Job. This is, this is, I just want to put a little perspective. I did some Googling as to how long, because you, when you read through Job, it seems like Job went through this for 335 years, you know? It just, it seems to go on and on, right? Like, how long can Job scrape his sores and still be alive? It seems like a long time, I don't know. So, all the king's horses and men, from what I read, thought that it was like three to six weeks. Nobody knows, we're just gonna throw that out there, okay? But the end is what matters. Job 42. Job 42 is a lot nicer to read than Job 29. We're going to get to Job 42. We, have, we missed some amazing things because we don't have time to read. The, we, David was reading the truth that Elihu and Brother Bill keeps referencing this. Elihu is the one that says about seek judgment. <laughs> this is, he's the guy that says seek to yourself judgment because without it, you're in trouble. Without the work of God in your life, you're in trouble. Then Job asks, after the, you know, Job tries to say what he knows about God. God comes down and is like, hey, are you putting the world in motion, you know, or you know how to run the tide and all that? Then Job answered, Lord, said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered 
thought I understood not. Job had a lot of chapters of sin, a lot of things that he didn't know what he was talking about. I, when I go to the Lord at night and the day comes back to my head, I find echoing in my head some things that I said that I realize I do not know what I'm talking about. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to say some things tomorrow that just come out. A comment about what you're doing that I got a better idea. You know, what, what was that? What, you know, Lord, what are you thinking? I can say that a lot, you know. Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Man, you know what happens right here? The entire picture turns around for Job. You know what the Lord wanted Job? He wanted Job to actually know him for real. It's like Job's a perfect man, eschewing evil, making sacrifices, and somehow he's there on the farm doing his thing, having heard of the Lord, and his eye hadn't really seen him. You know what I find in the middle of the, of the agony of the process? I see him a little bit more clearly. Boy, could it come another way? Yeah, I'd like it to come. But when I look back on my life, I'm sorry to say the places where I see the Lord, they're not the mountaintops. I, have, I love the great times. When I find that I see the Lord, man, they are when I'm at the end of what is going on. And you call upon God. I, I mean, that's just, you know, I spent six months in sloggy England suffering. Would I want to do it again? No, but I found I just, just walking the streets of St. Ives, calling upon the Lord, Something happened that wasn't happening with me before that I needed to have happen in my life. What is happening in your life that is of utmost abhorrence to you, but you know that the Lord is working with you in it? It's all worth it if that is the case. If you are yielded to the Lord, it's all worth it. <coughs> then it was so after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said, you know, you guys, you have not said what is right. Take bullocks and offer them up. So he does this. In verse 10, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And everybody came unto him. In verse 12, The Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen, seven sons and three daughters, and all these things. And you know what it says in verse 16? I love this little bit. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons, even four generations. You know, Job had 140 years of actually walking through the blessing of the Lord, having gone through the process that seemed interminably long. But think about that process. Maybe it was six weeks, maybe it was six years, I don't know. But 140 years, I just, and this of course, he's still with the Lord, but God was taking Job to a place of blessing where he was working with the Lord and could actually understand what he was doing. That's a great thing. It's a great thing to come through the process of the Lord and finally say, man, Lord, I, I abhor what I have been. Thank you for your process that hasn't given up on me. You know, I repent for, for just having a life that is of my own. I want to get the process. I want to look at the men on the road to Emmaus because this is just a fantastic story. Turn to Luke. I think it is in... I've just been ignoring my notes here, but this is so fantastic. 
Luke 24. <clears throat> Again, I think we all like to have a plan. Well, some of you in this room are more free-spirited and last-minute planners. I'm sorry for you. No, when I grow up, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be that way, but <clears throat> I like to have a plan. You know, I like, to, I like to have things. I like the forecast to go just like it says or maybe a little bit better. You know, I just, I like the jobs to go well. I just want things, I like things to go well. That's, I've confessed that to Lord. Lord, I'm sorry, I like things to go well. So right away, we're at odds. But um, it isn't good to hold on to your plan against the process of God. That's where you get into losing your peace. And boy, you know what? Maybe I don't think of myself as rebellious, but I've sure held on to my plan as hard as possible. And I have, the Lord just made us all really designed to just work out the engineering of our plan. Your brain is very fast at figuring out what's going to be the problems and everything. And, just, and, and then the Lord brings up about a surprise and you find out, you know, I think it was uh, Tyson that said when they asked him if he was ready to fight Holyfield, you know, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everything changes. I've got a lot of plans until the Lord punches me in the mouth with things going not my way. You know, I really like things going my way. I can get along with things going my way. I'm working with a God that wants things to go his way. And you know where peace is going to happen in this household? When I actually yield my way to his way. I've learned that. I'm thankful the Lord doesn't yield his way to my way because that has not yielded good fruit. Well, he, okay, I'll, I'll buy it, but the bill said he will at times. He's very patient. Lord is very patient. Yes, he will leave you alone. He'll let me have the fruit of my way, I'll say that. And that is, that is a lesson on its own, and those have not been good times for me. Every time I've taken my own way, those have not been good times. I read this the other day. It's the Cowboy's Logic. It says, about half your troubles come from wanting your way. The other half come from getting it. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. That is. Yep. Yeah, Brother Bill, I think you said something about the Lord being in the mess. And I. Uh, I oh, Lord, help me love the process. The, the things that you think. I didn't say this, but there's a lot of references in the scripture to that said that say, but I thought. From some very good men. You know, Abraham's rolling along with his wife. Things are good. And he runs into Abimelech. And Abimelech kind of looks at Sarah. as like, man, this is a girl I'd love to have. And Abraham right away realizes, I've got a problem on my hands. So I think I'll come up with a plan. Hey, this girl's my sister, you know. And we know what happens. And, you know, God wakes him up and everything. And he's like, Abraham, what were you thinking? You know? And, and Abraham says, but I thought. But I thought that the Lord would have some evil come upon me. You know, it's like. This is not a great thing, you know. Well, it says in another place that, you know, you thought that I was altogether like you. Hello. I am not altogether like you, and I'm very thankful for that. But I, I have said at times that, oh, Lord, I wish that you, I wish you'd go about this like I think it should go, because I got a great idea. I got a few great ideas. No, they're not great ideas. Luke 24, this is such a fantastic testimony of what happens. Um, I just, oh, because, you know, the Lord, the disciples, man, they are, they were not, they didn't come from a school for the gifted. I'm just going to say that. And I don't know, you know, 
Uh, like, I, I thought of myself maybe qualifying for that school and proving that I definitely, I need a different kind of school for the gifted because I am a slow learner. I mean, the Lord repeatedly tells the disciples what he's going to do. And they're, they're all just like, hey, buddy, hang in there. You know, we're not going that way. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Quit talking that way. I mean, it just over and over again, the Lord says, you know, guys, where we're going with this, we're headed to the cross. This is all awesome. And they're like, you know what? We're loving the miracles and the fish and the loaves. This is a good thing. You know, I don't know what the nonsense you're talking about is, but we're going to hear to help, you know, keep things on the straight and narrow. And like they just didn't get it. You know, this is the disciples. This is the 12 that are the closest to him that were with the Lord Jesus himself and saw what he did. And I'm telling you this to say, have some patience with how long it takes you to come in line with the process of God because these guys were some powerfully slow learners. I mean, they saw a lot of things and they didn't actually, they could not get their heads around the fact that the Lord that is here with us, he's actually going to the cross. That's the purpose. It's not like a horrible thing we're trying to avoid. The purpose of what he's doing here, it's heading more and more towards this. The purpose of what the Lord is doing in my life, it is heading towards a transformation. If there's other intentions in my heart of success for Whitestone or great business, I literally will find myself working at odds with the process of God. And that brings anxiety to the soul. That's what it does. Anxiety in my soul is when I'm not working with the Lord. I'm trying to hold on to a plan that I think I have. This is such a fantastic thing. We know the story and David read a piece of it. I, this was in my notes. On Saturday, he read this, or Wednesday, read this Saturday. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, from which Jerusalem was about three score furlongs. Again, the whole, the whole pivotal thing in history has just happened with the cross. We all know this, right? And everybody is just, all the disciples are depressed because the whole thing has gone down the tubes. The whole plan has been a disaster. Nothing went the way it was should, and everybody's just in hiding. Peter's gone off fishing, right? This is the scene we find ourselves in. Everything has gone wrong. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, a random guy draws near and begins chatting with them. I mean, this is just, the story is absolutely out of control. Jesus, it just so happens that of all the people in the world, Jesus is going to take a walk with these two fellows. This is just fantastic. Hey, who's walking with you today? We're going to walk the dog. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. I guess so. And he says, <laughs> what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And they're like, let us tell you about it. <laughs> this is just fantastic. These guys are brilliant. And one of them, whose <laughs> name was Cleopas, being a smart one, answers and says, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem that you don't know what the heck is going on? Have you been on the news recently? I mean, this is just great. That they, you know, like, thinking back on what he said, this guy must have been like, what was going on in my head? You know, this is just great. We're going to tell Jesus what just happened. Okay, this is great. This is smart. And he says, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. You don't know the whole weekend has been a total disaster? <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. You know, 
I thought a lot of things at Weistone were going to be happening. <laughs> Lord, where are you? I don't know. Put yourself in the story. Because maybe you find yourself asking the Lord about the scenery you find yourself in that you thought was going to be different than it is now. We trust that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And he told us a story about that and nothing happened. And certain women of also our company, which made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found his, not his body, came and said that they also had seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found him, even as the women said. And he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, this is just, this is the Lord working with people. You know what? I've been with you guys for the last 30 years. You know what? I'm going to tell it to you one more time. You know? You ready for some? I've got time to be with you because I care about you. I mean, this is, put yourself here and think about the Lord patiently holding your hand when you have had some things to say about what he's doing. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them the scriptures and all things concerning himself. And as they drew nigh to the village, whither they went, he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. Boy, it's a good thing that they had this much sense to ask him to abide. For it is toward evening, for the day is far spent. And they went to tarry with him. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat, that he took bread and blessed it, and brake it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. Boy. Aren't you glad that they didn't miss, at least they got at the end of the day, they realized who they were dealing with. And I love this line. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way? Man. You know, we are some thick-headed, well, you know, what did they say to, did not our hearts burn? I thought something was different about this guy, you know. Did you sense a little something? You know, man, it kind of seemed like the Lord was with us. <laughs> you know, did you sense anything? Didn't your heart burn within you? You know, what I mean, like consider the goodness of the Lord to hold your hand in the middle of these things, to give you a little bit of encouragement, to to say to you, you know, hey, this is the voice behind you saying this is the way walking in it. You know, don't run out. What can I tell you about the process of God? Don't quit. Don't run out on the process of God before your eyes are opened. Because the purpose of the process of God is to bring forth transformation. He's not out for any suffering beyond what we need. Boy, don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Don't lose patience with yourself in the middle of the process. There is a purpose in what God is doing. You know, God can drag us along as, as long as he needs to. He can drag us along, but the, the purpose is that we turn, you know. It says, it says in the scripture, you know, did I not put the fire to the, I burned them, you know, and, and they still didn't understand what I was doing. It's like, Lord, please keep ratcheting up what you're doing in my life till you get a hold of me. Don't let me go. Don't let me run off having done 40 years of kind of hearing of you and of having some thoughts. Don't let me just do this thing and run this program and be involved in business and not get what you have for me. 
I want to be I want it to be real. It's made real in the process, people. That's what I can tell you. For me, I have found that he becomes alive in the process. That's where it's at. The the heart of the Lord is found for me in the process. There has got to be a willingness. There's got to be a crying out. You know what I love about Job? He keeps talking to God the whole way. He, he stays in there to the point that he finally has his eyes opened. You know, you don't want to find yourself like, Holly, like, uh, like Job having to, to fight for that many chapters and not realize what the Lord is after. You don't want to find yourself like Balaam just beating on the donkey. You know, it doesn't matter how ugly the process is. If, if you're working with the Lord in the process, you're in the best place. The prodigal son found himself in the middle of the pig's pen, but he actually came to his senses. Thank you, Lord, for the pig's pen that you put me in sometimes, whatever was needed. Thank you for bringing me to my senses. There has to come a thankfulness of our hearts for the things the Lord puts us through. Don't pass judgment on what the Lord is doing in you or in those that we love before the time. Only God knows. I do not know what I need. I don't know what Rowan needs, what Julie needs, what Kathy needs. You know what? The Lord knows exactly. And what is, what is for me to do is to say, Lord, I'm going to come again today. And I know you're going to take me through some things. Lord, I want to get the blessing of the process. Thank you that you're walking with me. Thank you that you're patient enough to explain it to me one more time so that my eyes are opened. Amen. Uh, when the, the pain of the process and the impossibility of us knowing, you know, what's going to come. Can you pin that thing? I can't shake myself to come on my mouth. Um, whatever comes, it's the, the thing for, for us to see is... We always say, why? But it goes back to meaning. What does this mean? And you just heard it. I find I know God more when I'm under the dealings of God. Did you just say that? That's the truth. And, uh, and meaning, and because we're to, we're to help one another and counsel is significant. Always remember that, that make it inductive. You can, when you're with someone that's on the edge of, of difficulty and terrible things, why? What is God saying? Uh, and, and something that uh, came to mind again, and you've heard me say this, I read a scripture in Psalm 119 years ago. And, and in 119.20, and it goes like this. And I looked at it and I said, oh my, if this is so, so far from the real truth. I just, I just pushed it away like it didn't belong in the Bible, okay? And, and I'm not gonna make any uh, great pronouncement or do a commercial on how wonderful I am at this point. Uh, but I, I see the sensibility and the importance of the line. And here's the way the line came to me, because 
You have a capricious soul. You have a capricious heart. And until God is, is your connector and you're, you're really in that love relationship, uh, you wander, you got all kinds of ideas, as you said so well tonight. But here, here's the line. And I, and, and I think it'll mean something maybe to the young people because um, it, I, I interchange one word. The, the, in, the, in the scripture it says soul, but heart and soul are really the same thing. There's a little different thing in the, uh, the, the Greek, but they're really the same thing, basically. My heart breaketh. This is David now. My heart breaketh for the longing, or my soul, if you please. My soul breaketh for the longing it has unto thy judgment at all times. And, and what, what, what he's saying there is I want you to deal with me all the time. I want to know what you think all the time. Well, folks, I... <laughs> I was, I'm certainly sure I was, I was in my late 60s, early 70s, and I pushed that away. I thought, that is a little ridiculous, but can I tell you, it is a very warming reality, and to hear uh, you say it, how old are you? That's good. You keep that. It's good that you don't know, too. Uh, the women, that's, that's the look they get on their face. Oh, I forget, yeah, they know. But, but the issue really is, is uh, greater than I'm sitting here thinking, how many times have I had this particular thought? Eli Miller and I were sitting in church, and I forget who was preaching, and he and I always had a kind of a shove and push, and, and, and there are times when it was really interesting, and, we were together on this one. And the thought was this, because the, the coming of the Lord is soon. That's what they were saying. We didn't know, neither one of us. And I remember, I don't know if it was he or who said it, but it was, it was in sync. And the idea that we would be someplace, now hear me on this, that we would be someplace and somebody else not us, would have a glorified body because they realized that they were sons of God growing, moving toward that reality. But uh, others just say, well, you know, by and by, I'll, uh, I'll take my own life. And they don't really, really see that this is, this is a God thing. Anything else you're doing, you hear me saying it, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I want that deep down. I've got it here, it's clear here. But it's, it's not as clear deep down as it really needs to be. And until it's there, and until I, because some of you here, I've said it before, you're heirs of everything. On a dark night when you can see the sky, eons and eons of life is for you. Now some people may take several hundred years 
to come to the fullness of submitting to God in the way that God would have us do. Now, hear this. Cain, who was a murderer, God's gift to Cain was, nobody is going to try to kill you. And Cain lived for over 100, I forget, 150, 125, whatever it was. Dear ones, dear ones, can we say, please God, I want whatever the process is, whatever it is, don't listen to me, God help me. But the, but the reality is, he, he is not going to force you. He is not gonna force you, and I can't even say that with, with full uh, validation in my own thing, because some, some will absolutely, he will take you all the way in spite of you. I said it the other day, and God help us to love the process. This is an important word for us, and we don't like it. We want it our way. And there are people in this room tonight that are processed and their, and their, and their bodies, their souls, <laughs> their, their being, their friends, the connectivity is deeper and more serious. And I think, I, I, and I remember sitting there with, with, with Eli, and I said, oh God, no, no, no. Don't, don't let me be so indifferent to what you want, to the cross, if you please, that I miss it and, and have to see somebody else that, that I lived with, that I knew, that I, I admired, that they took this with a serious heart and a serious soul and said, please God, don't let me fumble it here. Lord, we thank you for this night. We thank you, Father, for the reality that, that you're available all the time. That we have access to, to your judgment, to your help. And God, forgive us this night for a lack of attentiveness in prayer, a lack of pushing our own way, a lack of the, the, the soul, the heart that we have that would absolutely insist on its way and push against our own soul. Thank you, Father, that your word uh, it can touch us and change that. And do it, great one, for us and help us to be reliant and know that our accountability daily to you has great meaning and great forward uh, uh, leverage for us if we believe it. Touch every heart tonight, and great God, once again, uh, as every heart in this place, we ask you to fall on Sister Kathy this night, great one. You're the God who made everything. You stitched every eye together. You made every forward-moving thing. Out of nothing you made it. Fall on her, Lord, for, for your own namesake. And, and if it means that you would take her, Lord Jesus, do that. Uh, but let it not be 
a, a difficult transition for. We pray uh, that, that you have more kindness and more heart than we do. We don't understand the delay, but we thank you that you'll give us understanding if we do it. And not only her, Lord, but all here who are being knit together physically and are fighting circumstance some they may not even know. And, and we will give you the honor and the glory. And we thank you, Lord, that you care for us and are remaking us and are destroying the self-centered beast that would rise against you because we've been born from above. We have no excuse. Amen.